responsive. So let's go ahead and uh, shift back to your uh, your spot in this hall. Your own little nest, wherever your nest is. <laughs> so we each got to hear a little bit from some other people. Um, the four of us did not get to hear what you were saying, and we would love to hear a few voices, anyone that's willing to share uh, something that they offered, why they're here, why now, uh, what brought them here. And it'll help us really to address that a little bit in how we share with you. you know, if we know what's kind of alive for you. It's Because uh, we want this to be really, not just sort of theoretical stuff that we throw at you, but really connected to what's, what, what's going on. You know? So we'll take some time to do that now. So I'm going through a difficult time in my life right now. Could you just maybe, sorry, just say your name. My name's Owen. Where are you from? Uh, Troutdale, Oregon, Portland oh. metro area. Okay, cool. Um, uh, so <laughs> I'm going through a very difficult transition in my life right now. I've been dealing with a lot of just family issues that mm. I don't really want to talk about. And I'm really looking for a way to just kind of find that balance again. Just be with myself, be with my family, and just be true again. Because mm. everything kind of feels like just the fog. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. Thank you. Mm. Else? Yeah. My name is Max. Hey, Max. Um, hi. And, uh, I was here about four months ago for a retreat, mm. and it was a five-day retreat. And I was talking to the other guys that uh, at the end of that retreat, I really felt quite differently than before it. You know, I really felt much more present and uh, much more kind of embodied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hold on to that um, experience, but I once I came back to Seattle, but I was only successful for maybe like a week. Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, it went away. So I kind of want to plunge back in mm. and maybe see if I can't hold on to it more. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. If only one retreat would do it. <laughs> 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 we're going to be here practicing with you because we're not finished. So, you know, we just we keep going. So, thanks. Thanks, Rex. Jenny, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that everybody's like listening and staring at me, I know. What else? <laughs> 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 Try it up here. You want to come um, up here and face this way? I want to be able to like function like a normal human being, like, <laughs> take care of daily tasks, and like I don't know, not freak out about it. But I want to do it with like a great amount.
Yeah. Like mm. I'm curious, does anyone else not feel like they've got everything figured out? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few people that have it. Yeah. My name is Kelsey. I'm from Mississippi. I did you come from Mississippi? I did. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Welcome here. Thank you. And I think what I want most of all from this retreat and from my mindfulness practice is to move away from this kind of hardening that I feel yeah. sometimes, even with a practice. Mm. Um, I just want to maintain like a, a genuine, truly genuine, vulnerable heart. Mm. And even I can even say that and, and know that I want that and experience this kind of falsity that's projected and like very built in yeah, totally. based on all kinds of imprints that I don't need to go and list. Mm-hmm. But I think most of all that's what I'm trying to develop here and I'm hoping to um, cultivate amidst the community of people who I know mm-hmm. are looking for that too. Yeah, this world needs that. Thanks for coming. Yeah. My name's Jonah. Um, and one thing that was echoed a lot. Jonah, my, you say. Yeah, yeah. One thing that was echoed a lot in my group is that we're, a lot of us seem to be in a period of transition. Um, I just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, that's obviously. Congratulations. A, <laughs> thank you. That's obviously a transition into career. And, yeah. uh, I think that's something that. It's kind of implicit in a you know, young adult retreat. It's definitely something I feel like. Transition, I'm yeah. Feeling, for sure. Yeah. Did you have something else? No. Yeah. Did you, were you able to hear him back? Anyone not able to hear that? Good. Uh, yeah. I'm Anne. Yeah. I'm from New York momentarily. Transplanted to the Bay Area, moving to LA. Transitions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And. Uh, I'm on the other end of the spectrum from the recent college grads in our group, and just uh, I'm turning 30 in December, so finishing my 20s, and they've been really awesome, but really all over the place. And um, I'm here really in getting into meditation because I just feel like my mind sabotages me a lot and removes me from presence and gets me entangled in, you know, thought patterns and behaviors and just generally like a fuzzy level of existence that is not being deeply present and is preventing me from engaging in like really mm. meaningful work. Mm. And so I'm um, excited to know that, or I bet that there's a tool, you know, that can become really comprehensive for just living more richly and from a place of deeper engagement, but also helping me hopefully in my art practice to then like get some shit done. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. Super. Yeah, we'll take one more. Yeah. My name is Julian. I'm from Seattle. Jul- J- Julian? Julian from Seattle. Great, Julian. Yeah. So, um, I struggled with mental health issues quite a lot in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my main goals recently has been learning to distrust the reality my thoughts present to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty important step towards moving forward and mm-hmm. moving towards accepting my feelings yeah. and myself yeah. and thoughts. Yeah. And so I'm hoping to make a little progress yeah. on that goal. Super. This upcoming week. Yeah, 
Great. And we're here to support you in any way that we can. Okay. Um, Laura, at the beginning, the director, she might have done this with you. I don't know. I was in the back, so I didn't hear the beginning part. But I'm just curious, um, is anyone that's kind of brand new to practice, never even sat any, before, no meditation at all, anyone brand, brand new? Okay. And anyone new to sleepover? Uh, (laughs) We usually call them residential retreats, but this is a sleepover. So, (laughs) a few of us. Okay, great. I hope this is a fun sleepover for you. Um, Who's new to Cloud Mountain? Oh, wow. That's, That's a lot. Great. So, good. This is our community. We're, our, we're family during this time. Um, and just to reiterate, our role really is to support you in your practice. Um, you're supporting us also in our practice by being here. Um, so any way that we can um, that comes to mind for you that would help you, please let us know. Um, we're just going to share our experiences, what we've learned along the way. It's not perfect. But we'll do the best we can. Um, so really welcome and looking forward to getting to know you as we spend the week together. I've just been sitting here, can you hear me? Yes. Admiring the view. The teacher that I like, he he said that the best part of teaching is the view. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Such a beautiful thing that we've all carved out time to come and be together like this, to get closer to our own experience, and to do that in community. It's really an act of generosity that you've decided to come here with others. I love young people. (laughs) I'm just a little bit over the age range. I'm 41. Well, it may be a lot to some, but yeah, I just, I really feel inspired already by what you've shared and just being here with you. Um, And you guys are great. You young people have led the way you've taught and moved thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in every social movement we've had throughout history. And now here you are, getting closer to the truth of things again. It's really beautiful. My name is Shelley Graf, and I come from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I live, teach at Common Ground Meditation Center there. Um, and this practice of getting close to the truth of things has transformed my, transformed my life over the last decade or so, and it feels kind of humbling and 
And I take it really seriously to be sitting here in front of you all sharing the gifts of my practice with you, which we'll have time to do back and forth throughout the week. And you've already begun doing that by talking a little to each other about who you are and why you're here. never know what to say about myself other than that. What are you doing last month? Oh, I was going to say I was, I'm a regular human being. <laughs> but Alexis reminded me to add in, too, that I've been here at Cloud Mountain for the last month practicing. Mm. It's so beautiful up here, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, right. And so not only do we get to be together to, you know, do this internal, individual work of getting close to the truth of things and community with each other, but we get to do it in this beautiful forested area that's here and the conditions are good uh, there's staff they're, they're so lovely you'll get to know them even if they don't talk to you you'll get to know them their presence <laughs> is warm and inviting and they've been so kind to me over the month that I've been here so I wanted to talk a little bit about <clears throat> The refuges, what we call the refuges and precepts. We, tonight we'll, we call it taking the refuges and precepts by reciting them. It's like taking them into our hearts. We'll do that every morning when we're together, just at the beginning of the first sit of the day. Uh, And we'll open our retreat by taking them together before we leave here tonight. And the refuges and precepts are, we're taking refuge in the Buddha, the historical Buddha who was a regular human being just like we are, but not just a regular human being, uh, an extraordinary human being who watched his mind so carefully that he learned all of these amazing things and was able to teach others and amazing detail how to work with our minds and so we take refuge in the mind that knows the mind that knows the way things are which is the Dhamma or the Dharma so it's this getting close to the truth of things like the mind that can get close to the truth of things and then the Sangha the third refuge is the community or the beautiful qualities that are reflected in each of us so we get to be together and witness each other's kindness and presence and take refuge in that. And together we create a container that is safe enough for us to practice. Of course, nothing is ever perfectly safe, but it's already pretty cool that we can sit together and silence a bunch of strangers and feel all right, not threatened in any way. It's already beautiful. We create a container together, this community of strangers, create a community of safety that allows us to do the very important work of getting close to the truth of things, of getting ready to be present, of being present in our lives to the fullest extent possible.
and it's a support to us as we create this container together to honor some trainings or to agree to take up some trainings to honor these guidelines that we call the precepts. These precepts are just trainings, they're not goals um, that we might fail at. They're trainings that we agree to continuously engage throughout our week together. And you might even continue to hold them in your hearts as you go home after the week as um, values. And these precepts are really about non-harming so that we can feel safe enough. And they're pretty simple. The first one is, I undertake the training to refrain from harming any living being. And in a big way, you know, that is kind of obvious. We wouldn't do that. But we can also, you know, start to look at what this really means when we recite this precept, when we take this into our heart, we can actually look to see, like, what does that mean to not harm any living being? Like, does that include mosquitoes? (laughs) Does it include ants? And what else does it include? And then the second precept, there are five of them that we'll be taking. I undertake the training to refrain from taking what has not been offered. So, stealing. And again, on an obvious level, we wouldn't do this. Especially on a meditation retreat where we're trying to get close to the truth of things. Stealing hurts. Hurts the one who does it, and it hurts the the one who has been stolen from. But we can actually take a closer look at what it means to take. We'll talk a little bit about noble silence. The silence of honoring the work that we're doing together. And Sometimes I think about this precept with noble silence, like taking what has not been offered, right? Like starting up a conversation with someone in noble silence is sort of a way of taking what has not been offered. And then the third precept is undertaking the training to refrain from acting out my sexual energy. So we agree for the next seven days to be celibate human beings um, and to not be afraid of the energy that moves through us, but to agree not to act it out and to use that energy to know the mind, to get to know the heart a little bit better. And I undertake the training to refrain from false speech. And we'll be silent a lot of the time, but not all of the time. And in our silence, this is easy, easier. (laughs) And when we're talking, we just get to practice being careful. 
and caring about ourselves and each other by being using words that are necessary but not overindulging to yeah and and to see all of our motivations where our speech comes from like what our thoughts are driven by And then the last precept that we'll be taking into our hearts each day is I undertake the training to abstain from using substances that cloud cloud the mind or heart. This is an alcohol-free, drug-free environment, so we'll observe that. And we can also, you know, just ask ourselves what it is you know, around mealtime, like, what else? What what else could that mean? Some of us drink coffee. I do. <laughs> I haven't been over the month. And even before that, I weaned myself off of coffee so that it wouldn't be such a painful crash when I got here. <laughs> but if you're a coffee drinker, you might consider, you know, your, your motivation for drinking coffee. It's not a suggestion, not saying that you have to stop drinking coffee, but you can really consider like the impact of caffeine on the system and get close to our our intentions for taking that in. It's not saying it's bad, but we just get to learn. We get to show up and be learners here. And every everything we do, all of our actions are opportunities to learn something. And this helps us, you know, these precepts help us, help hold us together. And it's heartening to me to um, think that these precepts have been taken by people for thousands of years. And we'll say them in Pali, which is the early language at the time of the Buddha. And it, I really feel like when I say these precepts in Pali and that language that's so old, it connects me to people so long ago who cared the same way I do about having a good life, about being a kind human being, and walked the same path that I want to walk. And it gives me a little strength in dark times and painful moments that there are others that have done this and have seen real benefit. And so sometimes when it's having a hard moment and I take the refuges and precepts, I really let that sink in. Like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm really not alone. Just like you're not alone and we're not alone. We're all here together. Creating this container. Walking this path. Happy to be here with you. I'm looking forward to the week and I'm grateful for your presence. Uh, my name is Vance, Vance Pryor. And uh, I did my first retreat here when I was a young adult. I was uh, 16 when I first came here for three days. And that was enough to 
start the journey, at least in this lifetime, as far as I can remember. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's my first young adult retreat, so I'm really curious just to see you know, what the energy is and you know, how, the, how the community develops over the days with this sweet ingredient of awareness and sort of a key element of that cohesion as we do this practice with one another. And a bit about me, just so you have a reference point. I'm a, I'm a native boy. I grew up on Bainbridge Island, some of you may know that, near Seattle. And it's where people go to retire and, <laughs> and have families, neither of which I'm doing. So you can imagine what life might be like out there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just moved back there after being in California for some time, uh, doing my studies and yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've been you know really blessed to be you know, introduced to and to practice under a number of Western teachers and uh, several Burmese sadhus as well. And so I try to get out there and, and tap into the Dharma stream out there on the, on the eastern side of the world. You know, in Burma, I did a lot of practice out there in Burma, and I spent some time ordained as a monk under Sada Utajinir, as did Alexis as well. And so. Um, very moving experience, and so I have a pretty strong connection with this practice, and trying to figure it out like the rest of you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a, bit, that's a bit about me, and so hopefully, I think I'll be getting to know all of you just in groups and through our contact as the days go on, so I'm looking forward to that, having some space and time together. Uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to uh, talk a bit um, I have a couple topics I wanted to speak to you about. Uh, you know, one of the, the things that I find so sweet and so precious about this practice and being on retreat is, you know, I notice that, you know, in daily life, I come to believe that there's all of these prerequisites that are necessary for my happiness, for my well-being, you know, things that I have to have or... You know, things need to be a particular way in order to be at ease. And I found that over the course of practice, you know, there's more flexibility in just finding a degree of ease with a variety of conditions. And also, you know, just being on retreat, you know, what do we, what, what do we really have here, right? I mean, what do we, we leave kind of our gadgets and we leave our entertainment systems. For a lot of us, we step away from family and friends and, you know, favorite restaurants, places to eat, you know, the different types of foods we all enjoy. Things that, you know, I sometimes think are, you know, when I'm not as clear, that are necessary for a sense of well-being. And although these are sources of joy, no doubt, uh, there's something so profound about being in such a simple environment and finding a degree of well-being and ease that a lot of these sensual pleasures can't necessarily rival. Um, just really is freeing in a certain sense. And so I want to segue to cell phones <laughs> and talk about our cell phones. Um, and yeah, most of us have smartphones and cell phones and uh, you know they, they do a lot of, us a lot of good in our lives and they're very convenient. Um, but I also think we have kind of complicated relationships with them as well. And, you know, I was talking to my, my fellow teachers here about, you know, what, what are, what I think the three, three 
uh, layman prerequisites, you know, wallet, key, cell phone, you know. <laughs> and when I can't find one of them, you know, in the morning, it causes some anxiety, you know, and then when I actually find it and have it, I get eight text messages and eight emails. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to respond to all these. Before I know it, I'm wondering, how do I respond to all of these? Which ones are a priority? And before I know it, I'm completely lost in thought, you know, or, you know, kind of in a web of anxiety, you know. Um, and, you know, and even, you know, uh, <laughs> and I think that over the years I've seen how, you know, as useful as it is, it also can be kind of a complicated relationship with this little device. And it can really take up a lot of psychic energy. And, uh, and you know, we have these days, these eight days, where we're here in a very simple, quiet, beautiful environment. And, you know, I just invite you to maybe just have some curiosity, you know, when was the last time you maybe had eight days, you know, without that device? And, you know, for some of you, maybe that invokes a sense of curiosity, and for some of you, maybe fear, or some insecurity, or anxiety. And that's okay, you know, but just, you can be curious, you know, oh, what might it be like to kind of let go of this for a period of time? And so, it's an open invitation for, for all of you. Uh, something to consider, and you know, just to see, you know, what, what might life be like without my cell phone uh, for for a period of time. And so, you know, what we're going to do actually is, you know, as because it's an invitation, uh, we'll actually tomorrow morning have a bit of a ceremony where uh, we'll have a basket at the first sit, uh, the instructional sit, the first instructional sit uh, of the morning at eight thirty. And what we're going to do is, around breakfast time, we're going to put some sticky notes and rubber bands out in the foyer here. And if you feel inclined, or you feel moved to practice this type of renunciation, you can write your name on a sticky note, wrap a rubber band around it in your cell phone, and then we'll have a little ceremony where we'll line up tomorrow morning at that 8.30 instructional sit, and we'll offer it, you know, and we'll all do that as a community. Um, so it's an option, you know, something to think about. And for some of you that, you know, weren't aware, of, you didn't even think about this, or thought you maybe be using your cell phone throughout the course of the retreat, you know, to speak with family and friends, what you can do is you could actually, uh, because we'll do the ceremony tomorrow morning, you know, you could let family and friends know that if any emergency comes up or they need to reach you because some, some crisis has emerged, that they can actually call the Cloud Mountain phone number, and we'll have someone triaging those calls, and they will they will be able to get in touch with you. Um, so there is a safety net there to hopefully bring a degree of ease if you're on the fence about doing this. Um, so yeah, something something to think about. Anything else about the cell phones? Let your cell phone have its retreat. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll keep them safe. We're going to keep them in a safe spot. So uh, the cell phones will be having their own retreat up in the upper floor of <laughs> our little housing unit. And we'll have our retreat. The cell phones will have their retreat. Um, yeah. They'll be together. They won't be alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've, one of the things that I was thinking about, and uh, I was talking to Alexis about, is I'm yet to have someone come to me at the end of a retreat and say, wow, I really wish I didn't give up my cell phone. <laughs> you know, the vast majority of yogis are actually reluctant to take it back, you know. And, and so I, I just receive those reports a lot more often. You know, wow, that was such a, a 
tremendous experience or it was very freeing, you know, it brought a degree of ease to the practice that I didn't know I would find, you know, if I let that go. Um, so yeah, it's available if you, if you want. Um, yeah. Oh, and just a few words about the schedule. Has everyone seen the schedule? Has anyone not seen the schedule? Uh, show of hands, anyone hasn't seen it? Okay. Well, they're posted all around, and, um, you know, it's a very simple day. Just awareness when eating and sitting and walking, you know, for, and using the bathroom and everything in between. So, we're just trying to be as continuous as possible throughout the day. And, yeah, not much to do, but to be aware of what's passing, passing through. Um, Awareness in the bathroom's not mentioned. Yeah, awareness in the toilet's not mentioned, but it's uh, an equally valid opportunity for practice. Yeah, equally valid. There's no, you know, whether you're in the hall or the dining hall, one situation isn't better than another for practicing awareness. Every opportunity is equally valid, even the most seemingly mundane. Uh, so, yeah, that helps with continuity. Um, <laughs> instead of privileging just when you you know come in here to sit down okay now it's time to start the awareness you know so we can kind of bring a wider scope wider view to to uh, where awareness can enter our lives um, yeah and just a, a few key times that I want to bring everyone's attention to uh, wake up is going to be at at five thirty and the first sit is going to be at six o'clock in the morning and that's where we chant the refuges and precepts. It's really a nice way to, to, to start the day. So if you've never done that, you know, I I'd, I'd really uh, encourage you to give it a try. Um, and also the 8.30 sit, where we get together, there's actually a guided instruction, a uh, guided sitting instruction from one of us, um, as well as a question and answer period after that. So it's, uh, it's an important sit to be at. So uh, just keep that in mind. And then in the evening, there's a 7.30 Dharma talk as well, or a question and answer period. And we'll also be having groups, small groups, so there'll be a lot of support for all of you throughout this process. Um, so plenty of chances to ask questions and to connect. Yeah. Okay, thank you for listening. <laughs> I just want to add a few closing comments before we uh, chant the refuges and precepts to formally open the retreat. What I heard of your um, wish in coming here or the conditions in your life that uh, suggested to you that this is a good time to be here or to do a retreat like this and some of the um, tasks, life tasks that you're facing, uh, being in transition, uh, living your life with a little more wisdom, having better relationship with yourself, your inner self, as well as your uh, outer friends, family, and outer relationships. These are lifelong uh, experiences. They're normal. They are completely normal. Whatever you're experiencing around any of these issues in your life, we have all seen them a lot. We're still seeing them. What practice offers to us is an opportunity to not be afraid, not run away from them, not to think that there's something wrong with me for still being in transition, for still having uh, challenges in my relationships, or not knowing myself clearly, 
not knowing how to, uh, what comes next, or how to do life, this is completely normal. And awareness will reveal that to you. Because what we're, what we're training in is just beginning to understand, learning how to recognize, this is what's going on. This is the way it is. It's, it's just this way. You know, in this body, in this mind, relating to this environment of self and others and nature, it can't be anything but okay. It's always okay to be aware of this is the way it is. It may be unpleasant, it may be not what we want, well, not what we want. it may be unexpected, it may be uh, what others don't approve, but nevertheless, it's the way it is. And when we can settle into our own experience <coughs> with this willing and kind of courageous acknowledgement, this is the way it is for me. Not arrogant, not defiant, not rebellious, it's just this is the way it is for me. And then live in the world from that place of accepting that this is how it is. The world will reward you with just the, the, the understanding, the acceptance of it's okay. Life is good. It's good enough. And we don't have to struggle. And we don't have to feel deficient. We don't have to feel embarrassed. We don't have to feel like we're not normal. It's like, the way we feel is okay, it's normal, it's natural, it's human. And really, this practice of awareness is about really recognizing our humanity. And to the extent that we make decisions in our life in relating to people and uh, our own body and mind and relationships, it's learning how to be a good human being. That's it. Learning how to be a good human being. And who can't wish that for themselves and each other? Really. Whatever else you do as a good human being, whether it's great accomplishments in art or politics or business or finance or serving others, whatever way it is, great. Good human beings have done all these things. There are good human beings all over the earth. Every culture, every society, every village as good human beings. All we're doing here is waking up to the, the, <coughs> the potential within ourselves. You know, to be kind, to be generous, to be understanding, to be tolerant, to be patient, to accept, to acknowledge this is the way it is for me, this is the way it is for you. I'm really happy you guys are here. Guys and girls, women, men, women, others, any. Not being, they're not being too specific, they're not leaving anyone out. Um, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.